price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Welcome to the LPN Show. Today's guest with me, I am, dare I say, tickled even more pink than I am. For me to be tickled pink, that is so much extra tinkling, tinkling, tickling, and pinking that must occur for me to appear extra pink. She is an actress. She is, you've seen her in, uh, what was this, Jurassic World. The whole damn world is Jurassic now. Uh, She has been in everything. We'll talk about it. And we've been communicating via Instagram for a little while now, and she's just always a wonderful person. And I am with Daniela Panetta. Thank you so much, Daniela. I've been I've been a psychotic fan of the whole LPN network for quite some time. I have been a fan of you, and that is like when we hear uh, people like you like our show. It's like how now how in the world did we get to talk to the pretty girl in the front of the class when we are the poor people in the back of the class entertaining each other through farts? But somehow yeah. it worked. Yeah, but we're all part of the same tribe because I was always, you know how some girls are like, oh my God, I'm like a nerd and I'm weird. I don't know if I'm a nerd, <laughs> but I've always been weird. So I, I feel like, um, you know, and we were always kind of on like different coasts, but I was like, man, if I was in Brooklyn while they were in Brooklyn, like we probably would have been friends. Dude, we would have gone to so many fine bars. We would have. I, go- I would have taken you to my country western bar, Skinny Dennis. We would have eaten so many peanuts. I probably would have gotten you way too drunk before an audition, and then maybe you wouldn't even have a career if we were friends. That's the kind of gifts that I give with my friendships. I have ambushed multiple careers. <laughs> Dude, I could not imagine going to an audition like hungover. I tried that once where I got really stoned, and then the casting director called my agent and was like, and I normally like, I don't like seek approval from casting directors. Of course not. Do good. And they were just like, what happened? What was going on with her? And I was like, so humiliated. I was like, holy shit. I always have to be sober if I do this. Dude, no auditions. I am so happy. I don't go on auditions any longer. They never wanted to see me. I don't know why anyone even entertained the idea that I was remotely close to the size of an actor actors. For those that don't know, um, women can be normal size. Women are like five, 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 eight, five, two, whatever. But for men, men have to be like, put them in your pocket. They have to be the tiniest little mice people. And then they look all big. They look all big on screen, 
like Kurt Russell, who I love. Do you do you go out? Do you go out for parts and stuff? Because you oh, totally. I, I did, but then I realized that I am. Um, if I was to be an actor at six foot seven, I should also be in very good shape because they're going to be casting me in what some would call air quotes athletic roles, and I am what air air quotes. Uh, I was just um, swimming and getting winded on my back floating. So that is where I am at. So that was the problem. I told this story multiple times, but I had one audition where it was for a commercial, and the commercial read the com- the commercial read like five hockey players are making fun of a nerd uh, that's taking an ice bath. And for some reason, in my perverted, stupid, demented brain, I'm like, I'm gonna go in and be the nerd. And of course, I'm not the freaking nerd. They don't know that I love horror movies. They don't understand who I am as a person. They're just looking at me through my physical form. Yeah, you're a Canadian hockey player, right? I am an American hockey occasional watcher. And so I showed up and I had just lost 160 pounds or about two years ago. I lost 160 pounds at this time in my life. Thankfully, I found it again. That's a little joke I like to do. Um, And they're like, okay, so Kissel, you're a hockey player. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that I'm more of the nerd if you take into account some of the things that I enjoy. And then they're like, we don't care about you as a person. We're looking at you physically. And then so they said, um, so now everyone, all the beefcake guys, take off your shirts and spin around for us. And I've told this story before. And all the beefcake guys were obviously there because they're beefcakes. And they were very nice gentlemen. I like them. I have no problem with them. And so I did it. I turned around. And then I'm making jokes the whole time because I'm so insecure. And then everyone clapped for me. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) And I left and I don't know how far away the nearest bar was, but I went to that. And I did not get out of that bar until about 3.30 in the morning. So in in other words, auditions are hell. And the fact that you have to go and do them all the time. What is what's one of those auditions that you had other than the stoned one where you're like, you know what? I'm happy I don't own a gun because if I did, I would go back and I would tell this person what I really think of them. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it was. And it's one of it's one of the worst things that ever happened in my career that probably affects me to this day. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I went. Uh, all right. So I was, I, I'm in Jurassic World and then I, I meet Steven Spielberg. And How was that experience? Was that cool? Yeah, it was like, um, uh, I don't know. It was like meeting an alien, but he's like super nice and down to earth and like yeah. totally normal. Like, you know. Just like a good conniving alien would be. Very intriguing, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> he's probably something. I don't know. <laughs> he met me and uh, cut to like several months later, he's um, my manager calls me and she's like, hey. We got a request specifically <gasps> from Spielberg Uh-oh. requesting you to put yourself on tape for West Side Story. Oh, my. I fucking hate musicals. <laughs> hate, I don't care if it's Hamilton. Like, if Hamilton's fantastic. For sure. I'm sure it's fantastic. It's just not my thing. I don't do like sing songy talk. Like it's just I can't. Do it. It's not. <laughs> I get me. you. I get you. Yeah, but then so then my manager, I was like, I can't do this, and she was like, So you're not gonna put yourself on tape for Spielberg for this? You're gonna say no to him? And I was like, uh, uh, Well, I I guess I guess not. 
So I taped the saddest, saddest audition. <laughs> I'm not really a singer, but if right. I do sing alto, I had to put on tape for a soprano. I, oh I my sang God. out of my range. It was just like the most embarrassing tape. It was so embarrassing. I hate that. That's the thing when it comes to people being like, no, no, like for me, I can't sing either. And they're like, so when we do karaoke, I don't do karaoke. And there's always someone who's like, come on, nobody cares. Go up there and do karaoke. And I tell them, I say, I know that if I go to do karaoke, everyone will be disappointed. I've done this before and people were disappointed. So just take my word for it, manager. I don't like musicals. I don't know how to freaking sing very well. And I don't want to do this. I know. I know. It's also like karaoke is like karaoke's fucked up. And the only people who like to do it are people who are good at singing. Exactly. And five songs straight. And it's like, why? Well, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do no. this. I, want to I mean, I hope they get. I hope they get whatever amount of happiness they have to get out of karaoke. I never want to be at that level of sad where karaoke brings me out of a depression. But I also <laughs> respect the people that do that. Yeah, yeah. But that that was a uh, that was rough. So what was the so what was the reaction to the audition? <laughs> it was like, it was like a, it was just a real quick. Um, yeah, no, he's gonna pass. <laughs> like the next day I think it was so bad this might be a good thing that they didn't even show it to him I think that like the people between <laughs> yeah no, that's that's not that's not a thing that's not gonna happen and I was like oh my god I mean I think that you were right in your um overall assessment that the world does not want to see another remake of West Side Story and maybe just maybe this is why the movie Cats needs to exist because it put the kibosh on theater musical theater teleporting to the big screen i think for like a generation right the only musical i've ever seen that i really was like i can get down with this was was book of mormon but everyone else i just i don't know i i think that means i'm a little dead inside but i don't know just don't do it. you have to be yeah yeah so what was so what when was the uh when did all the auditioning start when were you like acting that's the thing I want to do. I feel like I have a little bit of self-respect I'd like to chip away. Yeah, who in their fucking right mind is like, yeah. <laughs> Maniacs. That's why if anyone ever says, I want to be famous, I'm just like, first of all, you'll be famous for like taking the world's biggest shit when you are hammered on, on uh, you know, Main Street in any town USA. You're going to get famous for something really stupid if that's truly your dream to be famous, which is a hellscape, a waking nightmare. But what yeah. what was what was your motivation when it comes to auditions and acting and all that stuff? Well, I don't, it was just like something that kind of happened to me. Like I had zero interest. This was not on my radar whatsoever. Like I came to New York and I was like, I'm going to work on horror movies. I'm going to learn to produce and then I'm going to write. And that was like my only goal. Yeah. And um, for fun, I started making um, YouTube videos, but not YouTube videos the way we think of them now. Like not like Logan Paul, ASMR, right. eating, none of that shit. It was like um kind of parody videos and kind of simple things but yeah my my real goal was like all right i'm while i'm trying to do this film stuff i'm gonna get on the daily show like that's what i'm gonna do because i have a journalism degree and i could do yeah. comedy maybe that's the way to go and this was the og well not the og but i guess the john stewart daily show right yes yes yeah yeah, and then, and then I enter, I auditioned for this comedy show to be a writer on Comedy Central, and the woman who was casting it was casting it on behalf of her client, whose show it was, Dion Cole. 
And my manager uh, was like, you should act. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I, actors are dumb. And she was, <laughs> she was like, consider that, you know, you want to write and you want to direct. This is just one way to go about it. And, <laughs> you know, um, at first I said no. And then I, you know, she was like, well, why don't you just think about it? And I was like, you know what? I don't have shit going on. Why right. am I saying no? Like this opportunity's like presenting itself. So I was like, all right. And then I had started, um, she made me for two years go to acting classes and do all that. The one regret I have, though, yeah. was I told her, I was like, I really want to do stand-up. And she was like, you don't want to do stand-up. You don't want to be on the road. You don't want to do that. And I was like, kind of, yeah, I kind of do. And she's like, no, you don't. And I was like, all right, I'll just focus on acting. And then I never fucking did. Well, I think this is one of those areas, and I very, very, very rarely agree with management. But she may have been onto something when yeah. it comes to stand-up comedy. Just imagine your life now completely gone away with, and now you are just desperate to perform at Gunker's Yucker Nut. And you're just like, but Gonkers won't pass me as a headliner. I'm still the feature over at Gonkers. And then your life is just that over and over again, dealing with fat men who um, just have massive alcohol problems, who really think they know what humor and is. What what if, in fact, I had skyrocketed in fame and maybe my first Netflix special had just dropped right before the quarantine and I was like one of those fancy comedians. It's like, you know what? I'm really enjoying being at home and like doing yoga and like really enjoying myself. That could you have get been 20, but you you get 25 grand tops. That's all <laughs> that they'll give you. If you're the peak of the peak, unless you are like really the top of the iceberg, you're going to get 25 grand. And then and then you're going to get a bunch of creepy dudes just be like, I didn't think women were funny until I saw you. And now they realize they can be funny, very, very funny. Ben, I get those messages anyway. <laughs> Dude, I love that, but I that's actually so refreshing. Also, how many acting teachers tried to have sex with you? Be honest. Uh, one, only one. Hey, not bad. Only one. I, a lot of them were old ladies. Like a lot of them, my first acting teachers were like bitter Meisner, like older women, Meisner technique ladies. I love yeah. that. I love those. Those <laughs> just, just women who show up, and the first thing they say is, "You're never gonna yeah. make it." Welcome to class. Yeah, no, I, I uh, God, acting classes were 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 brutal. I'm kind of happy to be out of that. Ugh, they're disgusting. I took two levels of improv the entire time I was a tree. People were climbing on me. I hated the whole yes and thing because I'm like, that's a stupid idea. I don't want to yes and it. Although it does help with radio, it does help with broadcasting to keep the conversation flowing. I get all of that. But then you had people who were just so into the idea of taking improv classes. More so than the idea of even becoming a professional actor. Wait, were you at UCB or uh, the Pit? I did the Pit, the People's Improv Theater. I was never the toilets at the Pit. I was interning at the Pit. That is the saddest thing you've ever heard in your life. The one on 29th Street between Seventh uh, and Eighth. Yeah. Yeah. The the Pit loft. I also was there. This is a little inside baseball, but for those that don't know, the Pit has now it has three spaces. No idea how. I'm pretty sure the owner is laundering money, and I'm not. And I, I, I hope he is. I hope he is. I don't know how an improv space gets three locations in Manhattan. Nonetheless, 
it was upstairs. You had to go up these stairs. A really nice, beautiful little black box theater. And to be fair, we had some great performances there. It's some amazing memories. Didn't the there. owner kind of look like Harold Ramis? I feel like a little bit a Middle Eastern Harold Harold Ramis. Yeah. And Harold Ramis may be Middle Eastern himself. So yes, it all works out. It all works out. But yes, when you first started, you had to clean toilets and stuff. But I actually like that. I'm like, for me, that was there was something about that where I'm like, this is correct. This is the actor's job to clean the toilet, to make sure everything is nice and, and nice and and the beverages are stocked. Actors sometimes need to be humbled, although at same at the same time, sometimes they commit suicide. <laughs> this is true. You know, this is true. I've been close. Um, the worst. Uh, I'll tell you, like. The, the biggest nightmare cleaning toilet story. I have several, weirdly, because I used to clean houses. So I cleaned houses the same time in New York City. I this company called Get Made that was like basically uh, an app for like cleaning. And while yeah. I had that job, I got my first big gig on Homeland. So this was sweet. My my episode was like kind of happened right as like homeland it was like second season when they won all the end great show yeah yeah so i would show up at people's houses and like i'll never forget like this one there were two two occasions one was my episode had just aired and this girl was like i feel like i know you like did we go to high school together i, I, I feel like i know you and i was like no you you don't um like which rooms am i you know which room am i cleaning she started kind of following me around. She said, I, said, I can't put my finger on it. Like, I feel like I know you. And then it was like, oh, my God. Are you an actor? Oh, my God. Were you on Homeland? And I'm like, oh. That's incredible. Oh, my God. I'm cleaning this woman's toilet, and she fucking recognizes me from the fucking show. And it was like, and then, like, she started calling people. Like, oh, my God. You're never going to believe who's at my house, like, cleaning my bathroom. The actress from Homeland. And I'm like. Oh my God, that's amazing. That was horrible. But that is, I mean, how interesting is that though? That is a once in a lifetime. That is like you are in this crossing period of your life and you know it at that point, right? You're like, I think my life is at a crossroads. Yeah. Uh, when I show up, my former life is now meeting my current, well, my future life is meeting my current life, my future life as a successful actor. Yeah. And now my current life is still as a, as a house cleaner and they're intersecting in this very bizarre moment in time. Yeah. That is really, that is super fascinating. And I think that that to me makes me love you even more because it's like, this is, and th and this is a great thing for people to hear who are actors across the board or performers. Yeah. Like that must've been such a mind fuck for you to both be getting accolade. You are, you are receiving accolade for your work and then at the same time, you're like, could you also say how great I cleaned this toilet? Because that's also the job I'm doing right now. Yeah, because it was like, you know, I had uh, like a guest star. It wasn't a series regular. It was like, I think I had a recurring. So I can't quit my job. So it's like, yeah, I'm making some money. I'm not making it right. money. Not enough to quit this other job. Yep. But now I kind of have to quit this other job because I'm starting to get recognized. So there's a picture floating around. There are these like two guys. I think they were in their early 20s. And I came to clean their apartment and it was the same thing where they recognized me and they took a picture of me cleaning their toilet. So somewhere there's a picture of me like 
next to a toilet going like, hey. That's crazy. Yeah. That must have been so weird cleaning apartments. It, are people disgusting, more disgusting than we could imagine? Or do they do the pre-clean before the cleaner comes over? That's what I think I would do. Although I did just get in a lot of trouble at a hotel when I was traveling over here because my dogs um, got got a little sick in the in the room and I yeah, did just leave. Did but. they like vomit and shit everywhere or something? No, it was mostly just the shit. There was no vomit. Uh, they can keep that down. They can keep the food down. But uh, turns out a, a, a four-day diet of nothing but uh, roadside attraction food isn't really great for dogs. But uh, hey, I'm a single dog dad, okay? I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, yeah, you're a single dad, man. You know what's up. You gotta, you gotta yeah. like sacrifice a little bit. And I get, I, dude, I know all too well about traveling with like millions of animals. Um, but that was like, that whole period of time was like, so so weird so yeah i had to quit that job um which thank god i kind of reached a point though where like you know sometimes when work wasn't coming in it was like fuck i just want to be a waiter again so i could just like make some money but you kind of reach a point where you can't go back everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Exactly. What was the worst thing you found in a house? I mean, I'm sure you got sex toys and stuff like that. Some truly nasty people. You know what? It wasn't even like the the worst thing. It wasn't how gross people were. It wasn't like finding like a gimp or something. It was like how <laughs> like sad people are. Like there was oh. one guy. I came to his house and I'll never forget this. He um he seemed really sweet and he was um he was like yeah um it was like a, a railroad apartment. He's like I'll be on one side of the yeah and you could just clean everything else. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, are you moving in or out? He's like, no, I'm staying, but um, my, my girlfriend just left, or my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he sat at the far end with a chair next to the window, and he looked outside, and he, <laughs> he put on a record. What's that song that's like, like... Uh, here, like something like where goes the sun? I don't know. It's like a sad. It was like a sad. Why did you sing for that Spielberg audition? That note that you just hit was incredible. <laughs> where did the sun go when I had my whiskey flow? Where did it go? Anyway, Stephen, I hope you enjoyed this audition for Fat Side Story. Uh, and uh, I'll be back. I'd be so terrified if that ever like leaked. Um. Oh my god, I auditioned for freaking In Living Color. I don't do characters. And it was so stupid. I literally sat there and was like, I don't do characters. And then I was like, and it was like, here's me being Ron White. 
I'll have some whiskey. Like, I literally, the guy was upset, and I wasted everyone's time. And then it was like, why on earth would anyone, this manager ended up dropping me because uh, well, he didn't think the podcasts were going to be successful. And so now I'm pretty sure he's unemployed, and I, I do gloat slightly over uh, about that. The label that dropped the Beatles. Like, what the fuck? Like, now podcasts are like the fucking, like, that's it. You don't, yeah, you're not allowed to do anything else. I, I have so. a question. Does it annoy you when someone who's like super, super established, especially like post-pandy or during the pandy, oh, when they're like, I'm going to do a podcast now. You're like. No, I don't give a crap. I love it. I love that everyone wants to do it. I love that we've been doing it for 10 years. This is the first time we got anything right. I always loved radio. I mean, going back, honestly, to that conversation we were having about acting, or I guess the extended conversation, but the sort of the um, the earlier portion of it, uh, why I got into radio was because there is no physical artifice. I am being a big guy. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, what was me? There's a lot of advantages, no doubt. Uh, I can walk down the street at any time and feel safe. But there are things that people presume about you or assume about you uh, that aren't right, you know, not accurate. And so I wanted my thoughts to get out there and I wanted my words to be not sort of, um, oh man, I guess. Uh, I, I didn't want them to be influenced by my physical presence. Right. And so that's why I loved radio. That's why I loved, and of course, radio was killed, shot in the back of the head, um, yeah. you know, by the 96 Telecommunications Act. So radio was dead. It was gone unless you were like Jimmy Four Nuts, who only played Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you happened to work in Florida and you got a job with Clear Channel. So for me podcasting was the most pure way I could express myself without being seen. And I think there's a lot of like body imagery stuff. I was very self-conscious still am, although I'm getting better with it. Um, and so that's why, that's why I love podcasting. So when people are like, Oh, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, welcome to my club. Rotten, not Ryan Reynolds. I Ryan Reynolds, honestly, oh my God, I would, I would do any, I would do anything for that man. Ryan Reynolds. I'm like so jealous of Ryan Reynolds for being every so handsome and then truly funny, and then just like he seems like a truly great guy. And then Blake Lively is anyway. I'm not going to oh, digress. You're on so that. unreal. He's so unreal. It's like no f you. Like you can only be one of the things, but he's like three of the things. He gets you get to be all three. Like I really hope he has some fetish that involves like some kind of gaping on his I'm body. Sure, he's into pegging or something. Like that. I I hope so, and that's fine. And that's okay. I have no problem that's with okay. that. We're not either. shaming him. Absolutely. No kink shaming here. You know, but that was yeah. so when all the celebrities come over and start doing it like um, like um, Krasinski, like John Krasinski, yes. who, again, I have no problem with John. I have no problem with anyone, really, except for a few. Wasn't it like a little annoying? Like the good news, like just like a little bit. I was a little. It's I was, just. I was a little like, oh, come on. You know what the good news is? He got 20 freaking million dollars. So for him, he's like, this is great news. What the fuck? I wish I could be like, oh, I'm going to make a happy thing. And then just get like a buttload of money. Like some people just have it so good. The amount of money that he got was a little frustrating. But he doing. But at the same time, they gave it to him. So I'm like. Yeah. Hands to God 2020. Joe Rogan just get like $100 million or something like it. Probably a little bit more. But now Rogan, of course, you know, um, setting aside some of the some of the Rogan-esque uh, content, uh, you know, at least he was doing this for a long time. And, yeah. and, I, and he has the numbers. I get that. Like he has 
he has a lot of listeners. So it, it makes sense, you know, in a quantifiable uh, way, monetarily, he's providing Spotify, quite frankly, a lot of data. And that's, you know, what they want. Yeah. But so when it comes to like celebrities doing it, it is kind of funny to be like, well, we were here first. We actually got something right. And now people want to be part of like our little club. It's the first time that's ever happened. I would just imagine as a podcaster, it's kind of like stand up. Like if I were to try to, you know, do stand up all of a sudden, it's like, well, I didn't put in the grit. I didn't like earn my keep. I wasn't like I didn't put in the work. And now all of a sudden I'm like. Will Smith, I'm going to do stand-up. And it's like... Well, a lot of stand-ups will tell you that. Like, basically, after someone's been, like, me too'd for the 10th time, (laughs) they're like, I think it's time to try stand-up. And, you know, they might have more name recognition. And in that case, I understand why that's frustrating. Because there's a finite amount of space. There's a finite amount of stage time. There's a finite audience. There's a finite microphone. When it comes to how many people can perform... When it comes to podcasts, everyone, as long as you have a house and a and the ability to record, you can do it. Right. So I get like someone who is a stand-up or even someone who is an actor when they get their role stolen from somebody who obviously doesn't deserve it, but because they made a funny video of them in a Chewbacca mask that went viral, now they get to be uh, a guest star on SNL or something. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I would just imagine it was like, I, I could see how you could be like, oh, great, now so-and-so is starting a podcast. Like, I've been doing Hey, but we just beat them all. The nice thing is we just beat them all. I know. So it's like, it's so it's actually kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, Lena Dunham, start another podcast, please. And we will continue to, you know, thrive in our own little weird strange niche world yeah are you finding that um are people just as interested in true crime or more interested or less or how is that sort of leveled with the pandemic has it affected it well with uh, first of all people's fascination with darkness is only increasing i think there's an irony with it because we are seeing a decrease in serial killer activity there is overall Um, a decrease in violent crime in a lot of ways. People don't really live with the same amount of fear that they did in the 1910s or 20s or the Donner Party. So now we can kind of look back and say, whoo, the 70s were crazy. Richard Ramirez breaking into homes. Like, that's just not really happening anymore because Ring will just be like, we found somebody at your front door. He seems to have horrible breath and probably wants to kill you. The lead theory. Marcus brought yeah. up, I was like, oh shit, is that a real thing? Could that actually account for some of the fucking craziness? Well, we're going to see the lead theory. Of course, for those that didn't listen to that last podcast on the left episode, the lead theory is basically that, you know, lead in the water provides or lead in the in the pipes um, has generational effects on mental development. And in a lot of ways, the side effects can be violent. As you see with lower mental efficiency, oftentimes violence increases. Yeah. So we're seeing that in Michigan now, too. In Detroit, this is generational. This is like grandmothers going all the way down to grandchildren. And it's absolutely devastating. So I think that's one of the reasons that people are a little bit interested in true crime is because we are safer. We feel safer. We feel less, um, well, I guess vulnerable is sort of the same term, but we feel like it's less likely to happen to us in a lot of ways. Right. And so I think that's why people can look at the 70s and look at the 80s and look at things like John Wayne Gacy and not see it through the lens of fear and see it through the lens of an anthropological, sociological sort of worldview right because now we've had so much time to sort of process 
what the hell human beings are capable of. And then, but also to that point, Daniela, that's also why we try to do like the aliens and the ghosts and stuff, because I do think, I know personally, I feel it when it comes to serial killer fatigue, like even, or, or child rape fatigue. I know we're all victims here. Uh, it's the fatigue of it. That's the problem. Yeah. But like when it comes to like the Jeffrey Epstein uh, docuseries, everyone's like, did you see it? I'm like, when I go home, I want to play Madden. I want to play NBA 2K. I don't want to watch anything more about Jeffrey Epstein. You know what I'm saying? So there is a little fatigue to it. So we try to diversify. So interesting. I So I got a journalism. And then I uh, I worked in radio for a short time because I thought I was going to like work at NPR and, and do public radio. And then two yeah. things happened and, you know, they slashed everything and was like, all right, well, I'm not going to work in radio. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to work at NPR as well. But I'll tell that story after this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, did not did not pan out. Also, now I I mean I love NPR, but also I can't do. It's kind of like musicals. I can't do the breathy. Yeah. The way they. No. I can't do that shit. Um, but anyway, I um I I interviewed uh, for research um, some anti anti contact pedophiles. That was a trip. On Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, I interviewed a woman who is a therapist for non-violent, non-offending pedophiles. And it is it is one of those mental things where you're like, okay, this is a condition. Um, and these are non-offending people. They do need to talk. They need a therapist. Yeah. But my God, does that get like... It, it gets a little dirty, you know? So I, I've told this story before as well, but when you've been talking as long as I have, I guess I don't have any unique stories anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was growing up, we did foster care, and our first foster children, they were both they both had herpes. They were both molested by their father. The fact that this man was out of prison is now, at the time I was 12, I didn't really understand but he actually had visitation with them in in public at the in a uh, in a state uh, in kind of a state facility, you know. And so I met him a f- twice, and I was twelve, and I shook his hand one time, and I just felt like something really weird. I felt like this very strange energy, and my parents they did not tell me anything, so I had to figure out everything for myself. I would highly suggest when you start doing foster care to let your children know that you're going to start doing foster care. I don't really remember the conversation that we had, but I as, as, I just remember two kids uh, moved into our house who were both violently sexually abused, and my parents didn't tell me anything about any way that that happens. Um, and I felt an energy from that person that was, I'll never forget it. It's hard to describe, but I may have been like a 10. I might have been a Ben Kissel 10 in the eyes of this pedophile because I felt like there was, I don't know. I'm sure women experience this a lot more, um, but there was something very predatory about the way that he uh, just shook my hand. It was just as simple as that. There's a sense, at least that I found, there's a sense that this person at any moment um uh, like the sen- the sense of boundaries, it- it's not right. distance. I mean, they're they're showing me boundaries as a courtesy to speaking with me because I'm not their type. So it- it's weird Oof. to see. I-, I I think I sort of understand kind of what you're what you're talking about. Right. But yeah, I well yeah, but and that's why um that's why I uh you know obviously I I love 
um, uh, your guys' podcast, I just find that part of life so much more interesting. I mean, that's that's a lot of people, but um, I don't think yeah, of course. Take, the, take the time to actually talk to those types of people. And it's not easy. Like, those types of interviews are, no. are not easy by any by- No, they really aren't. I, I mean... We are in such a strange timeline. I know it's like cliche to even say that, whatever, strange timeline. But we really are where the the things that are making people feel better are oftentimes horrible. And I don't know exactly why this is. I And one of my concerns with COVID after all of this, I feel like we're going in the direction of less human interaction in a healthy physical sense. I think we're going down that road and have been now for a while. And then after COVID, where during this entire cycle, you see your friends as biological weapons. And I think there's a little bit of mental illness that's being exposed in a lot of people throughout this cycle. Uh, um, a lot of people who are like, I didn't know you were agoraphobic, but I guess we know now. <laughs> um, I, I, so I, my, I'm not sure if people are craving human like knowledge or people want more information on humanity now because we don't seem to be getting it from one another in the same way that we used to like i miss hugs i miss hugs so much yeah i miss like and it hurts i don't even know what to do about this because i was actually talking to my friend about this you know when you're sick i am one of those people where if i'm sick and somebody's like oh stay away from me that's their first reaction it's a little bit hurtful hurtful yeah and I and that's why when someone is sick around me, like my first reaction isn't to be like, "Oh, you're disgusting." Um, and I understand that that person could like give me the sickness or whatever. But a part of me feels like, and I know this may be wrong, but a part of me feels like um, I'm just gonna hug my friend, even if it means that I'm going to get that's sick. Like I in you. That's, that's the most Midwest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. I don't want to be impolite. I'm going to hug him anyway. And then you have like polio. Well, if I got polio, that's amazing. That's a presidential disease. And you get to constantly be asking questions because you look like a question mark. <laughs> that's true. I I, uh, I I think what's going to happen, my my prediction, it's not something I thought of is just like basic knowledge. Like after 1918, then you had the roaring 20s. And I feel like people are just going to like, bust out and celebrate Uh-oh. humanity whenever this are you calling for a fuck party you- are you talking a decade-long fuck party yeah man i think fucking like orgy apocalypse like i think people are just gonna be like you know going going ape shit and i am i can see it i can see it you can and you know the kids like there's gonna be a whole generation of covid kids and they're going to be an amalgamation of every single race that is in that community so there's just going to be a bunch of wonderful future children that are just like every every race because everyone is just going to be having sex with everybody's husbands everybody's wives and it's going i i agree and i want the fuck party to happen (laughs) <laughs> I know the COVID kids. It's it, it's it's time because people are are cooped up. Um, but I kind of do get to experience this because on uh so on Sunday I leave for London um to shoot uh finish shooting the next Jurassic World and then I get to go Ooh. to New Zealand and I get to live in New Zealand till middle of next year. And guess what? There are no cases what? in New Zealand. I get to live a hell yeah. I'm the last chopper out of Saigon. Like I can't. <laughs> Borders are closed, but they're letting our cast enter the country. Oh hell yes! So let's talk about that stuff when it comes to like Jurassic World and stuff. 
It's pretty cool. You got a bunch of dinosaurs. I like the last one you were in. And you get to deal with a lot of hot, hunky dudes. You get a lot of like cool-ass cast members and stuff. Is uh, this going to be sort of like a closed-off set? Are you all going to be like in a bubble and just being forced to like party and hang out all the time? Um, You know what? Those are like... <laughs> I, I wish. I feel like if we were shooting like... Um, like Caddyshack, like that would be fun because <laughs> cocaine and like having a <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you get into Jurassic World, I'm not saying it's not fun, but everyone is so professional that it's like end of night. Okay, we're gonna go to sleep. See you tomorrow. Everything's very like it's hot yeah. now, top notch. People are going to bed at like 8 p.m. if they have. Damn. So it's it's not that kind of a crowd, but it's still like you know, I mean. There's like no cases in London, so I get to like talk to people and not have complete anxiety. Like they have, we're the only country that fucked up. Everyone else, woohoo! Yeah, um, that's called American. Uh, what's it? exceptionalism? American exceptionalism. What have you learned about dinosaurs? This is I'm gonna put on. Oh my god, that's the one thing I did want to tell you about NPR. Also, you know, when it comes to NPR. I uh, I pitched Roundtable of Gentlemen to NPR, oh and if you haven't listened to Roundtable of Gentlemen, that show is like not for NPR. And I was like, maybe they want to switch around like their whole brand. And so I toured the entire studio of NPR, and I saw um, Layher, uh, and he was just sitting there like, and now it's time to discuss school lunches. Uh, school lunches are they healthy or unhealthy for children? And I like almost killed myself immediately. And I was like, thank God I didn't work at NPR. Although I'm with you, I actually love NPR. No, I love NPR. It's calming and it's soothing. But if I were in that studio, I'd fall asleep. You have to fall asleep. Yeah. No one's got anywhere there. That's my little NPR. I tried to pitch them round table. They never got back to me after they listened to it. (laughs) Um, And I'm very stunned by that. I thought for sure that would fit in greatly. But... I digress. Moving on. Is there an to- show, though? What's there? Is it Cars? The Working on Cars? It's like the most precious. They play like bluegrass in between the... What's it called? The show that they have I, where they crack... The M- uh, the NPR edgy show. I don't do. Is it... They do have a car show, but is that considered edgy? I, I think that's their like... Like, we're silly. Like, that's their one kind of... <laughs> it's so like tame. I love I do love the Midwest like um, Garrison Keeler like okay we will have Lutheran amount of fun we will have a Lutheran amount of fun so let's just clap sing clap not too loud little too loud little too loud Uh, I love and you know what by white person law I know this is this is exclusive to me in this conversation, Daniela. I'm sorry. I have a little culture of my own. <laughs> if you hear a fiddle, you have to dance. Uh, and if you hear a banjo, you got to clap. It's just it's it's very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I have a my um, my boyfriend is from Cincinnati and it's like just enough Midwest, but it's also Appalachian, but also like urban. It's a really weird trifecta but you from where you're from that's like that is like pure bred wholesome the heartland of america the heart of wisconsin stevens point um all right and your boyfriend very very handsome also an actor yes yes also an actor yes handsome boy 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Yeah. Uh, so you are, so you're going to go over to London. We have Jurassic World uh, coming out once again. What's your, what have you learned about these dinosaurs? I mean, it, like, who's your favorite dino? Because it's hard, it's hard to tell. Every every dinosaur I look at, I'm like, hmm, you're also kind of charming in your own unique dinosaur way. Right. I think um, I think my favorite uh, dinosaur, you know, it's, it's hard to say. One thing I did learn about dinosaurs um, was to prepare for that role. I guess work with a veterinarian who uh, he specialized in African reptilian wildlife. And he was, we were practicing how to like suture on like reptile skin. And he talked about their immune systems. Like basically like, you know, reptiles, they like, they live in ponds. So their immune systems are ancient and they're basically fit for anything. Like you could pour a bubonic plague on an alligator. Yeah. It'd be fine. Uh, Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That was, that was really. That's very cool. I know. That's why I respect I respect the reptile, always have. I mean, they horrify me. I don't like to touch them because they're not actually wet. They look wet, and I think that's a lie. Yeah. That's straight-up trickery right there. Um, are, predator, are predatory, but they're also really cool. Yeah, and I love a good alligator. I don't, you know, I did watch a clip recently where somebody was laughing at their chihuahua going to play with the alligator, yeah. and then the third time the chihuahua went back, the alligator ate it because the alligator is like, this is no longer fun for me, and I thought I, I allowed it. You can tell like when alligators are like, I'm allowing this, and if you do this one more time, I'm still an alligator. Who was the asshole? That person's a psychopath. Yeah. No, they thought it was cute. They're like, the chihuahua is beating the alligator. And I'm like, no, the alligator is allowing this to occur out of the kindness of its true cold heart. Dude. You got two times. Have you ever seen that Instagram account called Nature is Metal? No. Oh, uh, don't look at it. It is not good. It's this is the anti plug plug. You know, when you like stumble upon a video and you're like, what is this? Is this an ad for Red Bull? And you're like, oh, no, it's an ISIS decapitation video. It's kind of like that. Right. Oh, cool. Eagle. And then you watch the video and it's like horrendous and like savage. Much like Red Bull, ISIS also gives you wings, <laughs> uh, angel wings, a slightly different type of wing. You no longer have a head, but, you know, you do get to fly off and uh <laughs> And be with the yeah. ones you love, which is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> sort of nice. Uh, so now, true. For some reason, I don't know what happened to my Instagram, but I must have clicked on a zit popping video at some point. Because now, when I scroll through my videos, I didn't know there was an entire subgenre of people that like watching zits being popped. There was always a video different, which means there's hundreds of 
probably hundreds of thousands of these videos. It's so satisfying. It's the- I, I can't. You like, you can watch a zit bean pop. I can't. What, what am I doing? Why am I doing that? I, okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I don't like zit pop. I don't see like, I don't like gush coming out. But I don't mind when they get the oil, like when they like take it out clean. I don't like a messy like overflow. What about the what about the ingrown hair, which is sort of splitting the difference? Um, that's a happy middle. I can get down with that. My brother is just like that. My brother used to be like when I was going through my puberty. Yeah, I got pubes. Humble brag. Did he insist on popping all of your zits? Yeah. And I was like, this is the most disgusting thing ever. But then you are also correct. It does feel kind of nice. Yep. But when you see it, I don't know what algorithm. I'm like the only Instagram that does not have like a bunch of like women's buttholes on it. Like everyone else is just like naked women. <laughs> and I don't do that on my Instagram because I just there. there's plenty of other websites to do that. Um, I just don't understand how I change the algorithm. I don't know how I like message Instagram and be like, I don't want to see everyone get their zits popped but i don't know how to change it because if you click on it if you click on it, you know done like that's it it's done eight more um what about like asmr videos like do you watch like people like asian girls eating like ice and like pasta no no and i don't understand marcus parks you know him from last podcast on the left everyone he swears it's not a sexual thing and i'm like if it's not a sexual thing then why isn't it a big old chubby boy like myself eating a bunch of rice aroni. If it was not a sexual thing, why isn't a small Asian girl eating a copious amounts of food? I feel like there's something very reptilian-minded about, like, that's a tiny woman who can still eat a lot of food. She could harbor a bunch of my seed. Like, there's something very, very sexual about it. You know, I think what it is... All right, so, like, you know, when I go on projects and stuff, like, I gained 16 pounds in quarantine. Now I've got to, like, working adamantly to lose all that weight. Cause I was just, <laughs> and so I, you have to, yeah, I like watching those videos of people like eating food that I can't eat. But the thing is oh. are really neat. They chew with their mouth closed. They don't make a lot of smacking. They're very like polite. And then some people are gross when they eat. And I hate to say it, but like sometimes the pretty girls, they just, it's not as like messy and in your face. It's just a little more kept together. Wow. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. Daniela Panetta, food cuck. She is a food cuck. <laughs> Unbelievable. You would rather watch people eat in front of you than you actually eat yourself. This is this is food cuck behavior. I know, it is. I also like chiropractor videos. Those are the best. I went to the chiropractor constantly growing up. I don't believe they're real doctors. I think the practice should be banned. But that is because... I still have nightmares just hearing the sounds of cracks of bones. The doctor used to just put me... Have you ever been to a chiropractor? Oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. You like it? Oh, my God. It's like... It's the best. It's... it's when they crack your neck, you don't get... You don't feel like... Really? You like it? Yeah, I like to live on the edge. You do like to live on the edge. That's incredible because the first time I laid down on, like, that flat surface and then, like, the inside goes out like it was created by H.H. Holmes. Like, it gives... There's, like, a give in, like, the thing. It's like a trapdoor bed yeah and then they crack it i was like damn dude i don't know if that's good um what's your like soothing, it, what's your soothing like zone out where's your happy world that gives you what gives you the uptake i got one massage in sydney that was very nice <laughs> um i don't really have one i don't really have one um 
like a, like a chill thing, like something to do that they're like totally chill out. Yeah, like something that gives you the the serotonin happy juice, but you know that's like a simple act. Oh man, probably your dogs. My dogs are great, although man, I don't know what's going on. We moved into the house. And all the dogs see is one big bathroom. And so now I'm just chasing them around and I'm like, no, I've yelled the word no like a thousand times while a dog is slowly pooping. I yell the word no and then I see the dog turn its little head and then it looks at me and then the poop continues and it almost goes in slow motion because I can see it coming out as if it's the world's worst ice cream shop and this is soft serve. And I'm like, can you not know? And then, so I don't know. Is that a release of serotonin? No, but it's like when your kid, it's like when you love your child, but your child smears their own shit on the walls. It's like when you love your kid though. Well, sometimes I look at Puffin and I stare into little Puff Bear's eyes <laughs> and I see... I see the world almost like I think it was Men in Black um, when you had like that little that little orb or that little ball that like had the universe. And I I do see that in Puffin's eyes. So I guess that's a release of serotonin. That's so sweet. Yeah, there's that. And then, of course, my weed vape sativas. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's that's nice. You know, I've been popping. I've been I've been sucking on those for a long time. (laughs) I love it. So you got to go over to London, which I'm super sad about. And then you're also, can we talk about the other project or is that top secret? Um, I think I can talk. I can talk in, in code. I mean, there's so much of the, the concept of the show that I can't, I can't give away, but there's still a lot. Oh yeah. There's still a lot to talk about. So we can talk about the title. Cowboy Bebop. Whoa, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you are such a fucking superstar, by the way. Do you have any idea how incredible, I mean, I'm sure that you know. It's like, do you know how great your career is going? Oh, um, I- but that is so badass, you fucking crazy ass bitch. I know now, but I like didn't know. Like when I got that audition, I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's like science fiction. Like my agents were kind of like, no one really gave me like. Oh, they had no idea what they were talking about? They were just like, this is a cool project. And I was like, okay. I was like, <laughs> And then when I started telling friends, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going in for this Cowboy Bebop. And it was like, what part? What are you doing? And I was like, Faye Valentine? They're like, are you fucking serious? You're fucking Faye Valentine from fucking... It was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, people are losing their shit over this. And then I realized, like, oh, this is, like, the most beloved cult anime of all time. Jesus, how did this happen? Dude, that is like so badass. If you thought your messages were weird now, just get ready because oh, yeah. now you're going to be in the anime space. And that's like, the nice thing is, if this is the last thing you ever do, you can make a lot, like you can be in six digits uh, financially for the rest of your life every single year just by going to comic Con. COVID or not, I'm going to hit up those freaking conventions Till the day, I don't care. I have no shame. I will go to all no and do that till the day I die. I will be right there with you, fifty-five years old, on my second liver, and I'll be like, "Yes, Ben Kisser, I was black podcast out of I had to talk like this because I've had a fourth stroke. Doctor said I should have died after my second stroke, but that's why I am a winner. Anyway, were you a big anime person? Like, did you know? No, not huge. My boy KB was a huge anime person. Yeah. So uh, when Kevin would come over, occasionally we would play um, 
Oh my God! Uh, it's not Evangelion. It's the other one. It's got he dressed as a Naruto. Oh wait, Naruto, the blue people, the the the. No, Naruto is the dude that puts his arms behind his back and then he runs real fast and then he go and then he does stuff Naruto related. I'm not exactly sure. Naruto was the blue people from Avatar. With little- oh, maybe. I never saw Avatar. I never did because I also don't really care for it because I don't think the technology was quite as good as everyone said it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, all respect to James Cameron, but yeah, Avatar was not exactly my... My, my forte, but um, I don't know. What to do. I don't want to do. also just cast. Can we talk about this? Can you just cast diverse people? Danielle and I were um, Danielle on her Instagram. She had a she posted that picture of the new AI actress that is supposed to be like every white woman liberal dream of like what people should look like. Oh. She's like every race. She's got like every feature. Like every, freckles, and I'm, but Asian eyes, but straight hair, but really tall and Nordic. And it was like, but it's like, it's not a fucking actor. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. And they just signed, this is all true. They signed her to a contract. Like, I think it was CAA that did this. It's a, it's a uh, agency, a talent agency here in Hollywood. They signed a cartoon. They signed a cartoon, and so I'm just, why Why is it that Hollywood, um, what's wrong with them? Just want to, if we can just do this, we have another seven hours to go on this show. If you could just answer the question, what's wrong with Hollywood, uh, maybe we could extend the show till eight hours. I, I think it's 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 uh, partially laziness, and also like, you know, every, it's like when deep fakes started happening. It's like, no, yeah. don't. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's a thing now. It's like let's do it just because we can, and right. you know, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to deal with the humans' needs. You can just computer generate them, and then they don't exist, and everyone makes their money, and then there goes the human experience. Uh, like the James Dean Great. was so fucking weird. James Dean. Yeah, when they. Oh my god, my brain is so. I'm like the porn star. What happened with him? Did they CGI his cock? You tell me James Dean's dick isn't real. You're telling me that? They, I would. I would. I would be living. Old school James Dean and new school James Dean together. I don't know. You know this whole this whole thing started with that Fred Astaire character dancing with a vacuum. <laughs> In that stupid Super Bowl commercial. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fred Astaire was dancing with a vacuum, and then everyone's like, okay. And then we had Hologram Tupac, and I'm like, we can stop here. There's no need. We don't need this anymore. You know know what's crazy? In Jurassic World, I signed a contract that basically gave away the rights to my likeness as that character in the solar system. So in Universal's contract, they have a thing where it's like, if we are to go to Mars, we own your likeness as that character on Mars. How true is that? Dude, that's so cool. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. You're going to be like the hottest like that. Okay, so with that, I have a question about that then. So if they, because I just saw, I just got into a, I just saw an ad where, um, Jeff Bridges was dressed as the Big Lebowski, and he was selling, oh, I want to say it was Smirnoff or something. It was a liquor ad. And then my buddy is like, does Jeff Bridges get money for that, or does the studio get money for that? And I drunkenly assumed, I got it, I I, I said Jeff Bridges should get it, because they didn't say, they don't have the word Lebowski, he's just wearing the Big Lebowski clothes. Right. But now, 
I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. Like, would are you going to get residuals if they use that character to like sell Coca Cola? Because it's still you. I can't speak on that. But you better. You can you better assume do. no matter what, the studio will make its money back. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, Daniela, I want to talk to you so much longer, but I know it's been an hour and I know we have to wrap it up. So anyway, I want you to have, I wish you the best. Thank you. I, you're going to have the most amazing career in the history of careers doing whatever you want to do because you're just that talented and you're a light in this bizarre, strange, dark time that we're in. <laughs> And you are just absolutely incredible. And I want, I wish that your voice was like, I wish that people just knew your voice and, and accepted it as their own. So then the world could be better. Oh, you're the nicest. Last podcast on the left is my fucking number one favorite podcast till the fucking day that I die. I'm going to sing your guys's name to the heavens. Could you not sing it though? Could you just talk it? Yeah. Because we can't have the, uh, we can't have the singing. People will stop listening. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and so let's see here. Anything else you want to tell our audience? I know we don't really want to plug the socials. Who cares? Um, or if you want to, whatever. I don't, yeah, whatever you want to uh, do. I'm not on Twitter because Twitter's not fun anymore. Uh, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, no, you can't say anything. So I was like, no, that's that's a that's a deal on Twitter. Uh, but not Daniela Pineda on, on the Grams. Yes, on the Grams. Yeah. And check out everything she has done. And Cowboy Bebop is going to be a huge hit, and I can't wait. And after all of this, when you're done filming and when you're done being in New Zealand, which I'm so freaking jealous that you get to go to New Zealand, I'm like, you have to send me pictures of you, like, drinking mead. I don't know how they live out there, but I'm assuming that your server is just going to be a very strong fairy yeah. that, like, <laughs> sw that, that flies up to you and just puts a huge cup of mead right in front of you and then serves you nothing but like the finest wow a lot of barefoot a lot of barefoot hobbits and, and sort of mythology it's just a happy place everyone's it's a happy place i can't wait i'm so jealous how long do you think that shoot's gonna go for um that depends it's probably gonna go till january uh but we're still waiting oh okay whether we're going to officially get a season two so it could be extended i could be there a long time oh this is gonna be so this is not gonna be a film this is gonna be a television series yeah netflix show oh Fuck yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, Daniela Panetta, thank you so much for being on the show. I love you and appreciate you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's LPN show. Wishing you all the best and hope you're surviving as well as you can. Never forget, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.